Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Today, I'm joined in the studios and live on Facebook by two bankers. What do they have in common? The Reverend Daniel Ugbamitete is an investment banker who is multi-talented as a pastor, motivational speaker, and author, and I, I believe several other things that he knows how to do. Mrs. Irina Kwaku is a banker who also has other talents or abilities as a chartered accountant, a marriage counselor, and guess what? A baker. How do you combine all these things in a potpourri? And how do those influence your thinking? your positioning in life. These are talents that you have. Do you prepare them for when you retire? Let's talk about multiple careers, multiple talents, and multiple income streams. Growing up, it will typically be a case of being told, become a lawyer, become a banker, become a doctor, become a pharmacist, become whatever it is, architect, whatever it is that your parents thought. Of course, pastor. Let me add pastor because... (laughs) (laughs) When we were growing up, we didn't get selection, so now we must, we must make sure that we are featured, so we become a pastor. But in practice today, you realize that people are doing more than one thing, and a career is more than just what you do professionally and earn income with. It's also your hobbies, the things that engage you, even part-time, the things you do for free. It's all part of your career. But today, a person can be can combine being, a, 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 let's say, a, a broadcaster with being a banker and also mm-hmm. be an author mm-hmm. because they can have a radio show or a doctor can have a radio show that talks about health matters and then also write a book on health matters. What do you think about this dynamic, Reverend? I think it's an interesting dynamic because like you said, growing up, we're thinking, if you like, in a one-dimensional way, uh, either this or that. But I think increasingly, given the fact that we are coming to terms with the fact that maybe relying on one source of income is not going to cut it. In other words, uh, it's important to you or for an individual to look at multiple income streams. I think that has come strongly to the fore and is forcing people to do that. But I think apart from that, people are also discovering more uh, of their talent. They're realizing that, well, I can be a great uh, doctor, like an example you gave, but I could impart knowledge, um, you know, by, for instance, coming up with a show or getting into writing of books and so on and so forth. I think people are also discovering more and more that, um, well, we can be more than just that one-track career that back in the day we we used to be exposed to. So I think uh, the dynamism in the broad uh, or general environment is bringing this multiple career or multiple uh, income stream to to the fore. It it would seem to me to be exciting, Irene, that a person can leverage your abilities in different directions. Do you think that traditionally we have tended to stifle our potential? Definitely, we have. We have. I I even want to trace this whole idea of multiplicity or having multiple talents too. Uh, I think this message a lot of people have heard it in uh, the Garden of Eden where it's more like four streams that were in there. And so the whole idea is that there are other sources of income that one could actually um, Ruben, and I also believe that when you're being fast tracked to um, the the parable of the talents, you know, strangely is the one who got one who was banished because he didn't put it to use, but <laughs> others had five 
and they doubled it. So that's, that's like right. five talents, and the others had two. And what did they do? They produced it. So I think that is in there. But as rightly said by Rev, sometimes it's just the discovery, and sometimes it's just this whole idea that. As you rightly said, it is either an engineer, is either a doctor, or is either um, a particular profession. If not, all other ones are shelved. So then you you move to become an engineer, and then you forget about all other things. Who could be like the number two, three talent that you have, which hasn't been developed or tapped? Right. Let me stay with you for a minute and, and go back to the scripture you just referenced. It's from Genesis chapter 2 and the verse 10. It says, and now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four streams. And so literally we're talking about one river potentially becoming four streams. So let's say that in your case, for instance, you are a talented person in various ways. Each of the things that you do, some as hobbies, or the things that you do as hobbies, and you love doing them, and you do them on a Sunday, you feel very fulfilled that you have held, you have held a couple as a marriage counselor, or you, you, you bake, or you, the stuff that you do, each of them literally is a full-time profession yes, for somebody else. Yes. How does that work in a dynamic for somebody like you who does them, you enjoy doing them, but to somebody, that is their full-time job. Do you feel... You are you are you are utilizing your your abilities much more. Do you feel that you are stretching yourself in different directions? Yes and no, because um, definitely, if if you have to zero in one, you definitely would have to probably grow bigger in it and even much more affect a larger spectrum of people and all that. However. I think that the whole idea that you can actually change some cups and be something else at some other time, I mean, some of us really excite us. It's just the, the variety, you know. So you leave this whole suit, you, you just drop it down before you realize you're into doing something else or you're seriously praying for somebody who needs some prayers when it comes to marriage or you're actually trying to make something that um, honestly is going flat. So you, you tend to try and and fix all these things. But I, I really think that, yes, certain times you'd want to be everywhere. And if you don't take care, you may not be able to um, get the potential out. But rightly said, and even as it, it really fits into what was done last week, so it's more about keeping tabs and even developing it further. So when the time brings itself or in the fullness of time <laughs> you would actually switch and and you're, you're switching to something that you have actually developed over time right. which which you don't have any learning curve or let's say you have actually crossed all those um times where you had to gain all that experience so right. i think is is balancing it and knowing when to really really say that you are moving on into this or keeping the two or three which i believe one can right Remember, let me come to you and and look at the scenario of the founder of KFC, <laughs> Kenel Sanders, who um, who did something that he felt passionate about and did it all his life and retired and began to explore something that he had, I won't call it a chance encounter, but something that he had encountered in the course of his life, not from his professional work, but a recipe his mother had, had introduced him to, and then eventually transformed that one into a global a global right. business. Yeah. What does it take? What does it take to develop that ability that you have and and I won't say do it in waiting but keep developing it so that when the right door opens that ability could 
possibly even overtake your original ability as the centerpiece of your life? I think you have to um, take time to know yourself. Right. And uh, I would suggest, for instance, try and you know, write out the things that interest you and see whether um, it's very different from what you may be currently doing. Now, if it's very different from what you may be currently doing, then you need to look at whether it is something that you can develop further and it can become of value. Another thing I'll suggest is look at how people tend to use you or how people tend to come to you for your assistance or for your, uh, your help or your guidance because that could also signal to you that you'll be of use in this area or that area. I can give the example of a young man who um, he, he has his career, but he, he just loved cars and was always reading about cars and so on and so forth. So he realized that when people wanted to buy cars, then they'll come and ask him that, okay, so uh, what should I look out for, and so on and so forth. And he would give them very good advice. And so since people were coming to me, he just woke up one and said, well, why don't I get into you know, selling cars? Because I'm so much interested in it, right. I'm reading about it. And he started a business and is thriving. You know, so uh, look at what will interest you. Look at how people use you or how, what, what people come to you for. You know, and once they are coming to you for something, it means that or it should signal to you that you have something. And then once you can get a, a good sense of that thing, then you see how you can develop it, whether you're going to look at you know, some mentors in that area, whatever it will take to develop it over time. Right. But the key thing for me is to discover what you have. Um, you know, um, what did uh, Peter um, uh, tell that uh, cripple at the beautiful gate? He says that, such as I have, mm -hmm. give I thee. So what you have is important. And I think and that's what you can give. And that's what you can give. And you can't give what you don't have. Absolutely. I think the, the lawyers say that. Right. So um, it's your interests what attracts you. You know, maybe uh, my lady here, for instance, she, you, I heard you say she bakes. Maybe, right. you know, she's excited about uh, things to do with baking. She I'm goes to a shop. I, I, I visited deliberately. <laughs> the fancy man in me visited deliberately. Just for, you know. Sometimes of the week, because I know the schedule. <laughs> so I think once you know what interests you, right. and then the use you add to people, right. you know, I think that would give you a good sense of, what you have or what the value people see in you, and then you may be able, uh, you know, to take steps to develop. Because unless you know what you have, it will be difficult to package it in a way that would uh, be a blessing uh, to humanity or would translate into the multiple uh, income streams we are right. talking about. Right. I want us to spend the, spend the first part of the program on multiple talents, multiple careers and then in the first second part we can zero down on how to create income streams out okay. of it so mm -hmm. the discovery bit is very critical mm -hmm. i mean i mean one of reverend's favorite i've known reverend for several years and i can tell you <laughs> one of his favorite scriptures is that in all labor mm -hmm. there is profit <laughs> it's one of his favorite scriptures. In all labor, there is profit. Then he will provide the scripture. What's it? What's that? Proverbs fourteen twenty three. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, the argument from that one is that 
it is not it is not in what you do that makes the thing great. It is the person and the way they apply themselves in it. And it ties in, interestingly, what I had in church today. But what would you say to, to parents who get so scared at the prospect of their child doing something that is not traditionally known to be a money spinner? Have you had the problem of a child walking up to you to tell you they're going to do something that you're like, how do you pay your your bills and make enough to give me some? Let's talk about parents, parenthood, and and career choices. You're so right because I, um, yes, we are not there yet. But I had my third boy coming to tell me that I want to be a pastor, and then he was quite young. Praise the Lord. So yes, I started praying, and then guess what? I started asking myself. You know, I'm. Of the orthodox fame now, so I'm asking myself when looking at the orthodox pastors, I said, "God, okay, so <laughs> let's see, let's see." I mean, but God can work miracles. So I really understand your question. And certain times, as parents, you, what, the whole idea is that you want them to be okay, you want them to be comfortable, to be able to take care of their lives, of of their children, and other things. So yes, certain times we step in, and certain times. We, we think ahead and believe that this is what God has made or is cut out. And in our own mind, we feel that that is what is going to earn them the big uh, monies that we are hoping that God gives them. But let me just give a story, and uh, which is a true story, of a, um, someone who was at Legon. He was barbering. Now, he didn't want to be there, so he, he did a lot of exams, like the city and girls at that time and all those things, just so he can move there. Any exam he'll fail. I mean, so many other things to, was happening. But Baba, I mean, as in Baba for life, you yeah. know, that was, that was his thought. And, of course, it was probably a small kiosk and all those things. But guess what? He was barbering one professor who became a chief of staff who then now is a chief of staff of a president. And now he started babbering the president, you know? So just look at that. I mean, it's just babbering. But that is the talent that brought him So before. now he becomes executive babbering. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Queens and kids. Yes, we worry as parents. I believe you me. But I think that we have to learn to partner with God and, and just so God reveals their talent. Because, Albert, it's not really just about making money to... Yes, we are talking about income, which is a very major thing because we all strive for it. But I think that the fulfillment, we always forget the fulfillment and the joy that comes um, with those that you really enjoy doing um, as against just bringing in the money. I mean, you could get it and then you're so hollow and empty because there's a disconnect, you know, between what you want to do and the monies that we are getting. This is springboard your virtual university. The things that we talk about here are the things that you talk about at the coffee tables of your life. We provide width and depth to those issues so you can get perspective. My guests, Reverend Daniel Obamitete and Mrs. Irina Kwak, we are trying to understand multiple abilities, multiple talents, multiple careers, multiple income streams. Reverend, the things that are bringing big money today professionally some of them didn't exist 10 years ago so obviously the parent fighting the child and arguing could be very very wrong about the prospects of that job or that profession absolutely absolutely I, I was going to say that i think 
the parents of today, if we make the mistakes that parents, parents. of yesterday made, it would be very, uh, very uh, sad and probably unpardonable. Because I think we have seen how, like you just said, people in you know some careers or get into some areas that some time ago were not deemed to be you know the places to go are making you know so much money mm-hmm. uh, you know so it would be quite naive if you are a parent and you insist that I want to have a doctor, uh, a lawyer, and maybe engineer. an engineer. You know, that's it. And you force <laughs> your your kids to go there. I think it would be very naive. I had a, 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 I had parents who were very open, and I always respect uh, my parents for that. And um, they they did they never imposed, you know. And I think that the developments today should let parents, young parents like us, we should do better. Mm-hmm. We should ra- rather look at how we can help our kids to identify their potential, how they can um, then develop their capacity, uh, you know, to function, you know, on multiple levels. I think that is more critical than just trying to, you know, pigeonhole them. You have to right. be here, you have mm-hmm. to be, be there. Mm-hmm. I, I right. think that it's not a very progressive way to be a parent. Right. Well, let me bring us to the issue of compromise. Uh, one thing that is certain is that we can sit in the studio and say and pontificate and say all the nice things, but the parents making that decision, the parent with only one child says, you don't understand. Listen, this is a life and death matter. <laughs> I, I always model a scenario and say, okay, so let's imagine a man, Sanjay Gupta, on CNN. He's a medical correspondent on CNN. Mm-hmm. I create a, an imaginary scenario that he was growing up interested in journalism. And his parents say, listen, become a doctor. He says, I want to be a journalist. They say, become a doctor. So compromise. He goes on to become a doctor like they said. But after he graduates as a doctor, he goes on to pursue that which is his heartbeat, which is journalism. However, both parents and children were right in that regard because... Mm -hmm. Rather than just being a generalist in the journalistic field, he is a specialist, and so he earns more money, he has more opportunities, and he's invited across the world to talk about disease outbreaks, the implications, and everything. Obviously, many more doors will open to him than a generalist in that regard. So it would seem that even in this debate between parents and children about career choices, literally, sometimes they both are right, and it's not casting stone of a choice of either or, but there's a possibility of blending. I mean, let's talk about some of those interesting combinations. I, let me start with a friend I have whose combination is probably the worst you would ever find. <laughs> I mean, there are combinations that they support each other, like a doctor doing a journalistic a, 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 a radio program mm-hmm. on, on health, on health. Mm-hmm. and then also writing a book on health. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. concentric yeah, so <laughs> diversification. <laughs> but I have a friend, Bernard, who is a doctor, mm-hmm. a lawyer, mm-hmm. and an accountant. Okay. That one you can understand that it's conglomerate diversification. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It happens. It happens these times. And I think that even technology is making it better. I mean, online education and all those things, so that if you go through mainstream and you become a doctor, if you want to tend to become any other profession, you easily can tend to do it. Now, I, I met a, a, yes, I met a lecturer who was an accountant by profession, turned and became a programmer. And by the time we met him, he had started his piloting school. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's fantastic. And mm. I have a colleague in the office who is an accountant but really wanted to be a lawyer. 
and now he studied to to do law. <laughs> so <laughs> it's happening now. So I think that I should just uh, I mean, encourage parents and all of us out there and even <clears throat> younger ones who have to take these decisions. Yes, certain times you may be at a crossroad. And yes, certain times there could be some compromising here and there that one is done first. <laughs> before the other is fulfilled. But whichever it is, I think that you should actually weigh um, all those um, all those pros and cons and then see the right decisions or the right decision to make and which one should come first with the other one going. But now it's even much, much easier, much, much easier to have to have multiple professions. Right. right. Let's 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 unpark this a bit more. Um, BK Aklama writing on Facebook says, even in the Garden of Eden, the Lord provided four streams of water for his creations. It's therefore important that all of us create multiple streams of income. Eric Hotowo um, Hotowolo says, I'm watching from Bulga writing on Facebook Live. Nanada Zigansa says, this discussion hits very close to home. This is a man who is a, an anesthesiologist as a full-time profession, okay. but at the same time is a writer. So wow. he writes poems, he writes, he's, he's, he's published a book, and then he also is a great photographer, mm, and then wow. he does he does different things, and he's extremely good in the arts, but he, he also is a medical doctor. So he's sharing his perspective, and he says, having a great career ensures comfort, but harnessing your talents brings real happiness. Yeah, and that is the issue you're talking about. I mean, yeah, the, the yeah. fulfillment and satisfaction yeah. that comes. But Kwesi Hayford is asking a question. How does one prioritize among the multiple talents that you have. So let's go to the issue of priority. You have different talents, you have different abilities, or you probably have even different windows you can, you can, so you, uh, let me come to you, Reverend Obama, mm-hmm. say. You, you can easily be a full-time pastor, you can easily be a full-time writer, you can, you're also a full-time investment banker, as it were. How do you prioritize among your, for the multi-talented ones, how do you choose which one to be the, the principal focus? Okay, so if if I use myself, um, I think from the outset, um, I got into investment banking, even though at the time I was still uh, working as, if you like, a, a pastor, uh, not full-time. And so um, it's while investment banking that I would say I probably discovered um, my interest in writing and also doing uh, public speaking, especially related to finance. So it's almost like one flowed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into another. An, yes, you know, so that in my case might be easier because I know, okay, I'm doing this. I may have a set time that I may want to unwind from A and maybe focus on B. Right. Uh, I may not give the details here, but, you know, it's easier for me. I think that for someone who may, who may be starting out, mm-hmm. who may um, realize that he's multi-talented, I think that you must, uh, based on where you are in life, uh, so let's say you are about starting life, okay, and you're looking at which one can I easily or quickly give expression to. Uh, that could signal where you, you should put your focus in, right. you know, because some may take some time for you to, uh, develop. So you want to deal with, with what they call the lower hanging fruit uh, mm-hmm. because you are multi-talented. Mm-hmm. Right. And like Irene said, these days it's easier 
to develop capacity in different areas. You know, uh, technology has made it much easier. So I think if you are started out, look at the area that would be easier for you to roll out because when you are on solid ground, it's easier to then build on into other things. So that would be um, my, my, my suggestion. It is very possible that what you start with will not be the one that ultimately you will stay with. But it's, it's good to have, if like, a, a stepping stone. Right. And, and, I, and I would say, look at what you can easily, you know, develop and get into, and then you, you build on from there. Right. I mean, um, Reverend calls it sorry. ease of expression, but I think that, for, for me, I think that's a very politically correct answer, but I would assume that the, the economic attraction exactly. will be a very yes. important, important. I mean, he being a Reverend Minister, he's put in a very nice way. That <laughs> I know. The one that you can take off easily, but it's obvious that if you went for the one that is too difficult, you can die before your time. <laughs> So it would seem that economic considerations would also be a very important factor in exactly. It's, it's so, yes, you're so right because I was going to tell <laughs> Rev that please add what yields more. Yeah. <laughs> you can prioritize with what really yes yes. I mean because you're looking at your cost benefits analysis. I want to see what you put in and what you get out and see whether you want to concentrate in putting in so m- much man hours here and then you get little out as vis-a-vis or against those ones that you put in considerate and then you get its commensurate reward in monetary terms. Right. Let me, I don't know whether we've talked about this before but I used to sew first, you know. That's another, and, another one of your new <laughs> You should write a book about being multi-talented. <laughs> I think so. And, and, and I, I, I like that because that was my teenage age, and I really liked what I used to do. So I wear the dresses, and they would tell me it's nice, and I'll, okay, I could do it for you. Okay, I hadn't started working. But when I started working, I just realized that the time used in churning out or coming out with one dress was much more than having to do some other things and probably get um, the reward or the same or even much more. So certain times you may weigh these things and then prioritize it or tell yourself that, look, this one, if I put in this much time, I get that. And I get more returns for this. So we can actually um, develop this now and um, bring the others later because hopefully, I think maybe when I get more time, I'll get back into um, fashion. That's something with technology that will make it easier <laughs> yes, to, make it <laughs> to, reduce, <laughs> to release addresses faster, right? This discussion is purely about about expressing the abilities that God gave you in different directions and enjoying enjoying yourself while doing them. But at the same time, it is also a business discussion because for some people, they have the ability to generate income from the various things that they do. It's not just I beg your pardon. It's not just as nice hobbies that they do for friends like me to pass by their house and eat. It's serious business that people are generating income from in different directions. Let me start with you, Reverend Wanjete. What would it take for someone to monetize a talent that they have? So the person is a pilot or the person is an architect. You also have a talent in doing something else. Maybe like you are an author, you write a book or you have an ability that you haven't developed yet. Maybe you know how to cook, or you know how to sew, or something else. It is a full-time profession for others, yes, but yours is a talent that you have. You know it's a raw, natural talent. What does it take 
to monetize these additional talents? What skills do you need? What approach do you need to ensure that beyond your regular income stream, you can generate income from these other abilities that you have? Okay, so I will start by saying that um, it will be important for you to understand where money hides. Right. And I'll mention three. <laughs> <laughs> if money is hiding, I must take my notebook and write it. I'll right mention three, three, three areas right. where, where money hides. Uh, one, money hides in people's pockets. In other words, um, if you are thinking of monetizing you know, whatever talent, it will have to come from people's pockets. And I, I use pockets to refer to where they keep uh, their money. And then money hides in problems. You know, you can talk about, um, let's say, uh, a Zoom lion who, um, you know, saw uh, money in, in rubbish. Okay. So money hides in problems. And then money hides in products. So if you understand that uh, the money... You, you you need or the way you want to monetize your talent, the money is hiding in people's pockets. Your focus must be on, you know, where are the people, you know, and uh, then you need to look at what are the problems that um, I can use my talent uh, to, to solve. You know, for instance, um, you know, Irene can add preparing uh, breakfast packages. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, because it may be a problem for, you know, some workers. But to monetize that um, talent or that interest, she must have a product, you know. So if you think about the fact that money hides in, in, in people's pockets, it means that you must look out for people. Who are the people? And uh, how can I really connect with them? How can I reach them? And then uh, money hides in problems. So what problems can I use my interest, my talent, my gifting uh, to solve? And which, which product or service can I package or put together that would um, basically uh, help me to reach the people and thereby uh, monetize my, my talent? So for me, that would be the starting point, right. you know, to have a clear view that, look, money hides in people's pockets, in problems, and then in products. So let's say um, people need to know about uh, an area that you are very knowledgeable in. Uh, if you don't have a book, mm-hmm. you know, that um, you've put uh, the knowledge in, um, yes, the problem is there. The people may have money in their pockets, but you don't have a, 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 a product, a, a product right. you know, to help. So th- that's that would be my approach. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening on behalf of that 50-year-old person that has achieved national and possibly global acclaim as a banker, a pilot, a parliamentarian, a president, done something that has impacted so many people, and you have uh, some expertise that people talk about very often. What you're saying is that that expertise is great. It can be celebrated, but if you want to monetize it, you must look at three areas. And first is where are the people who would want to pay something for that expertise that you have? And the second thing is that what are the problems you can solve? Is there a leadership problem you want to solve? Is it a governance solution that you a, a problem that you want to solve? What is it that you want to solve? Is it ignorance about 
about what it takes to be to be that kind of person that you were. And then the third thing you're saying is that we must provide products, services, solutions that people can pay for and then the money will shift hands. Okay, so three ways. I mean, for all of you listening out there, three places where money hides, now that you know, in people's pockets. So when you get close to them, please start looking at their pockets. (laughs) In problems, and then, of course, in products or solutions. Irene, you have several things that engage you. I want to presume that for somebody like you, when you get close to your retirement, there will be some excitement because there are other things that you probably may have wanted to do that you have not found a chance to express. At least that's how I feel when I look at my life. I Is pray that- so. <laughs> <laughs> I pray so because I think that, I mean, the um, mainstream job really occupies your time, talent, everything. You push in a lot. So definitely to, it will, there will be a hole. I mean, you definitely fail it. But just imagine that you have this big hole and you don't have anything to start filling it in or filling it up. So it's good to develop these other things as we are talking about. But I, I, I want to say that, yes, um, you try and be prepared. And most often than not, if you, and if you have your money sorted out, you have investments and all that, it makes the shock a bit um, better. But notwithstanding, you feel it. You're you changing things, you know. Change change is not easy. I mean, you used to get up in the morning, you expected to be at some place one morning. If you don't take care, you get up and start driving and you realize that <laughs> you're not supposed to go. It's, it's normal because The story is told about a particular president who drove... <laughs> exactly. <towards> so, <laughs> so I don't think it's an easy thing, um, but it's something that no matter how difficult something is, the more... You prepare yourself towards it, the better, I think, um, it is to accept and accommodate it. So the shock would come, but I think it's easier and better if you have put some measures in place to help you um, contain or absorb the shock. It's all about multiple talents, multiple income streams, and then multiple careers. And my guests, the Reverend Daniel Obamitete and Mrs. Irina Kwaku, they are both bankers who have multiple talents and they're helping us to understand how you can enjoy having all these talents and it can give you a more fulfilling life. So we are all agreed on one thing in the studio, that you must do something about the ability that God gave you. We've also agreed that um, there are different abilities you might have, but in order to see the one that is the cutting-edge one. Look for the one that people come to you and ask for help, the one that they tend to lean towards you for solutions for, and that could be the pointer for you. You've also mentioned, Dr. Uh, Reverend Obami, that timing is important in knowing which one to pursue. And, Irene, you see that when the options remain, you could tell yourself at a certain point in time that I want to explore this other one, but the options must must be developed first before you can come to that yeah. point. Let me allow each of you to bring us home with your closing thoughts on this subject. An hour flies when you are in good company. But let, let's hear from you, Irene. What would you want our listeners <coughs> to take away on this subject of multiple careers, multiple talents, mm. and multiple income streams? I think we, we all are... Um I wouldn't use the word struggling, or maybe for want, let's say struggling. <laughs> and um, I remember my dad used to tell me Ghanaians are uh, miracle workers. We don't have to go to the church because every month your expenditure is more than your income. 
and you find your way going through the month and then you're still standing. So, yes, we, we all need to develop it. But I want to assure listeners not to give up on anything that you feel is so remote, is really out of place, not, 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 so, not so like the mainstream ones. No, it's probably God depositing it in there. I, I, I do a lot of food channel, and there was this, there's this lady who just um, draws or has miniature carols and miniature um, cucumber and all those things, very, very tiny ones, and she makes good money from it. And she, she has a whole um, TV show just to draw those things. No matter what it is, how flat it is, how remote it is, and also no matter how many times you've tried, don't, don't, don't give up and keep on developing it and keep on looking out. And remember that, I mean, for people who want to just have passive income, I mean, investing in, um, in investment products or let's say treasury bills is a bit low now, but there are other investment products you could easily approach each and every one of us to find out. It, it could just earn an extra for you without that much effort. So at least just being there, just just put that in than spending it. Right. And, and my, my last word is that God never made anybody useless. Everybody has got some talent. And rather than looking at what you don't have, which many people do, look at what you have and see how you can develop it. Right. Just so that people realize I'm also a pastor. So First Corinthians seven seven Paul says, "I wish that all men were as I myself, but every man has a proper gift from God. Thank One you. after this manner, and the other after mm-hmm. that." Had a, a fantastic discussion about how to unearth all the abilities God gave you, how to develop them, and ultimately how to monetize them. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,